Let's pray together. My heart, O oh God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake my soul, awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Show us, Lord. Show us your ways, Lord. Teach us your paths. Guide us in your truth and teach us. For you are God, our Savior, and our hope is in you all day long. Teach us your way, Lord, that we may rely on your faithfulness. Give us an undivided heart that we may fear your name. And we will praise you today, Lord my God. With all our hearts, we will glorify your name forever. Heavenly Father, as you transition now to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts of those who are listening here today, God, will be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We lay down all of our worries. We lay down all of our anxieties. We lay down our crowns. For today's service is not about us, but it's about you. It's about glorifying the name of the Father and giving and lifting your name up high, the name above all names. We give you all the glory, take all the honor, and praise, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and I pray, and God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Can we all take our seat today? Um, we are in our fourth week, the last Advent before our Christmas service this week. Uh, we've been on the phrase, this one, one individual. Today, the title is called, He Blessed This One. He Blessed This One. I have two points for us, two main points. I'm going to have sub-points in between. But I have Mary and Joseph together. I know that we're supposed to talk about one, but technically they're together, so they're one, they're a couple. So he blessed this one. We're going to hear today talk about Mary and Joseph. Now all of us, we are here due to the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice of who? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. The cost of the greatest blessing that we have, that we have received on this week, of the last week of Advent and this week with Christmas Day, is all due to Jesus Christ. The price that he paid, the life that he lived, and the price that he paid. And this individual, whenever this season of Christmas comes around, I always remember this lady, Victoria Soto. This lady, her story really resonates with me a lot. Because if she was still alive today, she'd be my age. I believe we were born around the same time, around the same year. And every detail of this story is just very powerful. She was a first grade teacher. If you remember Sandy Hook with the shooting, she was among the 26 people killed in a horrific shooting that happened Friday on December 14th, 2012 at the school. Now, my fake birthday is in December 15, so December 14. Just, I just resonate a lot with her story because she'll be my age. And at the age of 27, she graduated from Stratford in Connecticut in 2003. I graduated college in 2004. 
And she reported in, in this article, it says she shielded her first grade students from Adam Lanza's gunfire with her own body. When she became aware that there was a gunman in the school, she hid her first graders in closets and cabinets, then told the shooter they were in the gym. He then turned around, Adam the shooter, he then turned around and killed Soto on the spot, killing her, but none of her students were harmed. Again, her students were first grade. I remember what it was like at that age, first grade, because when I came to America, I, I, was, I left at the age, on second grade. I came here and I attended here school in second grade. So I understand what it's like to have a teacher that is a good teacher, a good role model that will protect you and guide you in the steps. And what she did for these students was amazing. These students' lives, these lives were blessed. Their lives were saved by the sacrifice of this one individual, of this teacher named Victoria Soto. So we have to understand that the cost of the greatest gift that we have during this Christmas season, the greatest gift that we have received, which is the cost of God's one and only Son, His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, the innocent Lamb, the spotless Lamb, it came with the greatest cost, the sacrifice and the life and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to understand from today's message and hope that we won't forget today that blessings don't always come in nice packages. You know, when you get a gift with the white elephant, you always want to choose the nice package. Oh, be careful, because what's inside, it might not be the best. Like the Old Testament prophecy told us in Isaiah 53, you will not recognize him. It's talking about Jesus. It's foretelling the prophecy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. You will not recognize him. Nothing about his physical was beautiful or attractive. We have to understand that God's ways are higher than our ways. You may be in a slump today. You may be in a position, in a place where you are not doing well faith, in your faith and, and spiritually you're not doing well, especially with this pandemic, with everything that has been happening during this season. You have to remember that this may be a blessing in disguise. Isaiah 55, 8-9 tells us, For my thoughts, it's God speaking, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. He's talking to us. Neither are your ways my ways, God says. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So before we get into our points, may we remember that every blessing that we have in this life, it came with a cost. It came with a sacrifice and that nothing is really free. Even the freedom that we have here today, living in America, enjoying the life and the education, the privileged life that we have here, the blessing that we have here, here to live here in such a country. It came with much sacrifice of brave individuals who came before us, who sacrificed before us. Even as parents, our parents who emigrated, from their homeland, their motherland, for you to be born here or for you to come here at a young age, for you to live here in such a place, it came with a sacrifice of their sacrifice of work, their time, of their hard work. So with that, let's get into our main character here today. Point number one, Mary. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. It says this, starting from verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel 
to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. In other words, other translation says, For nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Leading to our sub-point, letter A. Mary was blessed. So what was this blessing that the angel brought? It was pregnancy. Let's take a look at verse 31 to 35 once again. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And we see here in this context, in this story, what God calls Mary to do here, it's actually terrible. First of all, she was betrothed to marry Joseph. She was pledged to be married. And if she were to be pregnant right now at this time, everyone in her town, again, the town that she lived in, Nazareth, it was a small town. A small town. Everyone knows what's going on. Who is what? Who is doing this? Who is doing that? Who is not doing And it will become a scandal. Everyone will know. Even Joseph himself will know that he is not the father. Everyone in the town will know that she had engaged in sexual intercourse before marriage. And this would be a huge no in this society. It would cause a huge scandal. She would become an outcast. Possibly of her being stoned by the people. Even her child also being killed. I want to show you a clip If you've ever watched the movie The Godfather, in this scene, you see that as Asians, we live in a pretty conservative culture, right? Especially before marriage, there are things that we shouldn't be doing, especially if it gets out in the open. In America, we're a little bit more free. Our people are more liberal, in a sense. But if you look at this clip, 
Uh, the way that they handle relationship, I think it kind of puts it together, helps us understand what it's like. Like when you guys go on a date, you like to go with the individual alone, right? But in this society, and in the society of the time when Mary and Joseph lived, whenever they would be together, there won't be a time where they could be intimate and be close together alone by themselves under a roof. If they were to go on a date, literally the whole family would follow and people will be watching you. So let's go ahead and watch this clip. Is that how you felt when you first came to church, Daniel? That's what happened? But anyways, in that scene, as you see, that literally the whole family and the crowd, they're all looking and they're following. And that's what it would have been like. So for her to be pregnant, it would have caused a huge scandal during that time. So what would have happened to Mary if she was found pregnant? Again, like I said, she would have been shunned. Her and her child would be shunned. They would be an outcast like that show, uh, Amish Mafia, Mafia Amish, the Amish TV show where they decide not to be in that society, in that culture, and they're outcasted. They're, they're taken away from their society. They're not able to join the community again. It's not like now where a woman can go and live on their own by themselves. She could not do that, especially in this culture. Her penalty, it's not like it is today where people will be accepting. She would have been stoned, and she would have been killed, um, not just herself, but the life of her child. The husband, whom she was pledged to marry, would reject her. Her pregnancy would embarrass Joseph and taint Joseph's reputation. And at the same time, how will she make Joseph understand what is happening in this story? Remarriage is not possible. It is out of question. No upstanding man would ever marry a woman who has sexual intercourse before marriage and her reputation would be ruined forever. So what Mary did, again, let's take a look at her age. She's about, uh, she's about at the age of 13. She's a teenager. You could imagine that this call from God was a crazy calling. And it's amazing, knowing all the consequences, knowing all that will happen to Mary, Mary still chooses obedience. And her obedience is beyond this world. Is this a blessing or is this a curse? Because a lot of times, many will pray this. If we were in a position of Mary, we would pray and we say, God, if my life, if my life is going to look anything remotely like Mary, Please don't bless me at all. 
And we, a lot of times we, we pray, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. But do you really understand what you're praying for? I mean, take a look at what's happening to Mary. But we understand that Mary was blessed. But again, is this a blessing or is this a curse? Let it be. Mary was ruined. Mary has to be one of the saddest characters in the Bible. If you remember that scene in the Jesus DVD, the musical was one of my favorite scenes. It was Mary holding the, the life, the grown-up body of Jesus at the age of 33. And there was a flashback happening at the same time. And she sings, was this always the plan? She remembers when she cradled the baby, the infant, when, she was, when he was born in Bethlehem. And then you see the death of Jesus happening at the same time. And her life is really pusangi, right? And her blessing, uh, is it a curse or is it a blessing? But we see that it was a blessing in disguise, even in the death of Jesus Christ. Because through Jesus, through the birth, through the life that he lived, those who believe in him, all men and women shall be saved. And we see the heart of Mary, and we see the life of Mary, that Mary was ruined. A lot of times we see blessing, and we're not able to see the, the hardships, that, the hardships are blessings. And we have to understand that God, when he blesses us, it comes in a different kind of package. We're not able to really see it. And even though we get ruined, even though there are times we go through opposition, we go through hardships, we understand that it is a blessing in disguise. For example, even me coming here to America. I remember when we first came here, we went to New York City. We were in Cape Town. I was eating naengmyeon. I was second grade eating. I was choking. I choked on the naengmyeon. I thought I was going to die. I was eating naengmyeon, right? I was just like eating. and I, I don't know why naengmyeon was so hard to chew. I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die. And I came to New York City. I saw garbage everywhere. I'm like, I hate this country. I hate this place. Why am I even here? I want to live in Korea. I want to go back. I want to stay in Korea. I remember I would cry on the airplane. And I was just a drama baby, right? I miss my friend. I miss my young. Song Min Young, I miss him. Song Min Young, I miss him. You know, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But now, as I'm older, I see that it was a blessing in disguise. You know, it's worth being here today. You know, then I wouldn't have met any one of you, any of you. You know, for me to have a church like this, for us to have this community is a blessing. Again, Mary was blessed. Mary was ruined. Let us see. Mary was favored. Verse 28, verse 30, and verse 35. Starting with 20, it says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary was favored. Leading to letter D, the lasso point in point number one. Mary was obedient. What was Mary's answer? She says, I am Available, knowing everything that would happen to her, knowing her reputation would be ruined. She says, I am available. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. 
May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So the question is, what about you? What if we were found in a position of Mary at the age of 13 and God gave us such a call? 99% of the time, people are interested being in the front, being a VIP in the front, being in the stage. Do, are you a person that chooses the stage or the backdrop? And we see here that Mary, she literally chooses the backdrop. She's not in interested in being in the podium, on the stage, showing the world. She didn't even know that her name, her story would be recorded in the scripture for us to know what happened in that story 2,000 years ago. For her, she was a nobody at that time. She was a small, a small lady in a small town. But God favored her because she was faithful to God. God came to her and asked her, will you accept this blessing? And she said, yes, I am available. In this society, day and age, no one is willing to take the bullet. No one is willing to go to the extreme, to the end. We all want shortcut and the easy way. We want the stage. We just want to look good. But not Mary. She says, I am available. When she said, I am available, she was saying, death to me. She was saying death to her life, to the life that she knew, because it will cost her everything. That's why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul also says in Philippians, we went over our Philippians series, verse 3.8, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. What about you? What is your response going to be? Will you say, yes, I am available, or will you walk away? Will you consider Christ in all things? Will you lose all things? Will you consider everything garbage compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ that you may gain Christ today? Mary, remember her story. Remember this individual. Leading up to our second person. Point number two, Joseph. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 18 to 25. Starting from verse 18, it says that this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. When it says faithful to the law, it means he was a righteous man, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said to the prophet. The virgin was conceived and gave birth to a son, 
And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Point number A, Joseph was righteous. We see in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, again, it means righteous man, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He was a man that was faithful to the law. When it says righteous, it means just. It means dikaios. It means upright, fair, a person who does the right thing. He is an honorable person. He is just and he is good. When it says he was righteous, his righteousness was deeper than a mere fake external law. But his righteousness was in the heart. How many of us are willing to go against the flow of things? To live a life differently from the world? Joseph was honorable and wanted to do the right thing. And what was the right thing? He wanted to obey and follow God's command and obey he did. Joseph was righteous. Let it be, Joseph was obedient. Now Joseph, in his obedience, he made the right decision, meaning he obeyed God, meaning to obey is better than sacrifice. Joseph changes his mind. He was about to divorce her quietly, but he changes his mind. Well, God changes his mind through the angel, and he obeyed. Verse 20, 21, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The angel addresses again, Joseph as what? Son of David. Why? Because it's to emphasize Joseph's honored position, Israel's greatest king. Because he knows, God knows what he's asking of Joseph. Listen, this is going to be crazy. Not just for Mary, but for you. But as a man, you need to step up. You need to lead and you need to step up and take care of your partner. And he says, son of David. He's trying to honor his position. The angel tells him, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. The angel assures Joseph who he is and what he is about to do to proceed with the relationship and the world may point their finger and people will point their finger and people pointed their finger at Joseph. How how dare you marry such a woman who was unfaithful to you? How can they believe that she got pregnant? Yet at the same time, she is a virgin. But what we can learn here as men, do not be swayed by the pointing finger of this world, what people tell you how you should live as Christian men of God. We are not called to live in the standard of the world, but we are called to remember who we are. We are called to live a life that is righteous and obedient to God. Let us see, Joseph was discerning. Going to Matthew chapter 2, verse 12 through 15. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 
When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord has said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I call my son. If you want to know the reference to that, where the Messiah will come out of Egypt, uh, it's found somewhere, I believe, in Hosea. Um, but anyways, that's a side information. So again, King Herod, he orders every infant under the age of two to be killed in Bethlehem. But again, God appears again in a dream, tells Joseph what he has to do, and he is a man of action. He obeys. Joseph was discerning. He's able to know what is right and what is wrong. It's like when you're taking a, a, a in the future, when you graduate college or when you're about to make a right decision, the right relationship, you need discernment, you need wisdom, you need to know when to act, when not to act. But Joseph was very discerning, not because he was a smart individual, but because he listened to God. God showed it in his dream. Therefore, whatever decisions we make in life, we don't do it by our own experience or what we think is right, but we do it according to the conviction that God gives us through the wisdom with the discernment that he provides. So again, Joseph was righteous. Joseph was obedient. Joseph was discerning. And the last sub-point, and this is the last point, letter D, Joseph was a protector. Joseph protects Jesus and Mary. Men, we need to be the protectors. I'm not saying women cannot protect themselves, of course. I know women who can beat up guys, of course, especially some of these MMA people. You don't want to mess with them. And we see that men a lot right now during this day and age, during our society right now, men are not stepping up to be men. We actually want the women to protect us, and we play this mama boys syndrome. We want to be protected by the women under their wings, under their arms, but there comes a time when the mother needs to let go of the son, and the child, like the movie 300, needs to go and needs to step up and step up as men. And Joseph, he's, he's, he's such a stud. Joseph is a stud. Joseph, not only does he protect Mary, but he protects Jesus, the infant, the baby, the king, the Lord, God himself. The quality of God, what do we see in the scripture? He is our protector. We are here called to protect. Joseph, he takes action. And he saves Mary and Jesus. I mean, imagine if they made a, a, a movie out of the scene. Do you guys remember the Jesus uh, DVD thing that they had? I believe it's called the Bible or something like that. But there's a scene where uh, in Genesis with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, with the two angels, they have uh, a guy and an Asian guy. And the Asian guy, he's doing kung fu, and he's literally beating up people. He's doing flips and kicks. <laughs> It's really funny. Like, you have to watch it. 
But again, Joseph, if you make a scene, if you make a movie out of the story, Joseph, he kicks butt. He seriously, he, what he does, what he did, the courage that it took for him to go ahead and put himself on the line, put his reputation on the line, to put everything on the line, you don't see, you don't see that this day and age. We don't see that much with the Christian men. Actually, people look at the Christian men and they think they're soft. We're not called to be, the Bible tells us and it teaches us to be warriors, to be protectors, to step up in our faith, in our walk. The faith that we walk is a battlefield that we fight every single day. We fight on our knees. We pray for another. So Joseph and Mary, as one, they set the tone for the welcoming of the greatest blessing. And what is this blessing? It's Jesus Christ. Through Mary and through Joseph, through their faithfulness, Jesus Christ comes to fulfillment. Through Mary and Joseph's faithfulness, we're able to celebrate Christmas here today, blessing to the whole earth. Until this present day, he has given us the greatest gift and the greatest gift of all, and it is Jesus Christ. And how does this blessing work? The blessing comes with a call, and it comes with a response. Mary received the call, and then she responded in faith by saying, Yes, Lord. Faith comes to life when you take that step in faith, which comes with action. You have to claim it as yours. We have to choose faith over reputation. Reverend Emil, runner, a theologian, he said this, Faith is obedience and nothing else. Faith is committing all of ourselves to all that we know of God in Christ as Mary stood in faith and responded in faith for God as she provided him room in her womb, the most intimate place in her body. And we see that Mary and Joseph, they put their faith in action. So in closing, the question is this. Are we childish or are we childlike? A lot of us, if you were married in this position, uh, most of us would have acted like a child. And Mary was a child at that age. She was at the age of 13. We would have complained and said, Why God? Why? Why me? Carl Birth, he said this of Mary. The figure that is raised above all the figures of heaven. If you were Mary and if you were Joseph, if you were in their position, our concerns would have been more about people's judgments and opinions rather than pleasing God. We would say things like, God, this is embarrassing. Don't you know that I have a reputation to protect here? That I have a face to save. Even though Mary was a young woman at the age of 13, she obeyed God. And imagine how we were at the age of 13. How we responded to God at a young age when we were teenagers. 
And this inspires me, this inspires us. For those of you who are going through a hard time right now, I want you to know that you are in God's will. Those of you who have everything easy right now, just because things are easy, it doesn't mean that you are in God's will. You're in fact mistaken. The devil leads those who are harmless, who are nice, or who are always doing the in-between walk between God, never choosing a side. You have one foot in, this, in, the, in the world, you have one foot in God. The devil leaves us alone for those who never take a stand because the, the devil knows you are useless. But if you have influence, if you have power, you have character, humility, integrity, and if you have a relationship with the Father, and you're serving God with passion today, then the devil will do everything in his power to destroy us, to take us off course, to seduce us, to threaten us, to bring fear into us. And we have to remember that the Christian walk is difficult. And whoever told you that it's easy, you know, they lied to you. If it was easy, we would never grow in character. The path that Mary took was not an easy path. The path that Joseph took was not an easy path. The path, the life that Jesus lived was not an easy life. Mary was in it for the long haul. She said, God, I am in it for the long haul. We must tell him today, as we're in the last advent, tell God, God, I am in it for the long haul. I am in it for life. I am in it for all the way. I choose to be blessed today. Whatever the cost, I will obey. Are you willing to be blessed today as Mary was blessed? May our prayer be, Lord, I give you my all. With that, can we close our eyes? Can we at this time pray and recommit our hearts and our life back to God? May we have the right perspective and understanding what blessing means. What does the word blessed mean? When the angel said, you are blessed, you who are highly favored, we saw that in society, in the eyes of people, Mary's life would be crushed. But we don't live in the standard of this world. We live in the standard of God's kingdom. It's about obedience. It's about following him and not listening to the voices of this world, but being faithful to where God has called you to be and where God has called you to go. So right now, especially during this pandemic, for those of you who have been struggling in your faith with God, can we take a moment right now to recommit our heart back to Him? Let us remember Mary and Joseph. Let us remember their faithfulness. Let us remember what they accomplished, what they did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary, she was what? She was blessed.
Mary was ruined. Mary was favored. Mary was obedient. Joseph, what did he do? Who was he? Joseph was righteous. Joseph was obedient. Joseph was discerning. Joseph was a protector. Can we pray together? Can we pray and recommit our heart back to God? Let us become like, let us be like Mary. Follow the example of Mary and Joseph and follow him all the way. Let's pray together. rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Heavenly Father, during the season of Christmas, I pray, God, that we will recommit our hearts back to you. That, God, we will remember what blessing is. Let us not have a skewed view of the definition of blessing. But Lord, let us remember Mary and Joseph, even though they were blessed, even though they were favored, even though they were called in the world, in the eyes of the world, Father God, they were the least. Father God, let us just not pursue and live according to the standard of this world, to the riches of this world. For God, they're all fleeting. But Lord, let us humble ourselves today. And as Mary said, yes, Lord. And as Joseph said, yes, Lord. Let us follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, let us not seek the riches and the popularity of this world. But Lord, let us humble ourselves and seek you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, we need you right now. Teach us your ways, O oh Lord. 
that we may walk in your truth. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, I pray, and God's people pray. Amen and amen.